Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Minnesota Rocker. I'm Ashley, AKA Midnight Director Content with the team. Today, here with Brett Diamond, COO as always. <laughs> and today we have on Jake, the fourth, third, third time you've been on. Yeah, maybe. First I'm time better. solo, <laughs> yes. first time solo. So uh, if you guys don't know, Jake, AKA Reppin, JT is your Twitter. Uh, he's been in the COD community for a very long time. He is our assistant coach here at the team and also lead analyst. So you are doing crazy stuff in Excel. You're doing crazy, like you, you've got an in-depth job and I think you're a perfect person to have on the show this week to just kind of obviously talk a little bit about Atlanta. I know it's almost two weeks ago at this point and now we're ramping into LA and we'll be talking about LA a lot, talking Sweet. kind of maybe in general about, you know, COD League, COD League roster movement that we've been hearing about in the last week or two and just kind of checking in and seeing how you're doing. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be on again. Of course, of course. So, um, how was it uh, going to Atlanta? Just kind of want to recap that real quick. Um, obviously, I know as well as anybody, and Brett does too, we never were like, oh, yeah, Minnesota's going to be fire. But turns out we low-key are fire, right? Like we we went into Atlanta and exceeded the expectations of not not our, not ourselves because I was like expecting what happened. Right. Uh, but other people are starting to take notice. What's that kind of felt like in the last couple of weeks for not only you, but the team in general? Sure. Um, for a lot of us, I think we try to avoid looking at fan opinion. It's, right. What is really nice is having a lot of support, um, having people come up to us at an away stadium and tell us that they're now fans of us. Uh, was a pretty cool and humbling feeling, I think the support everyone's gotten on Twitter is awesome. But in terms of fan power rankings, that's something we all kind of shy away from and have always laughed about. I think all pros sort of do. It's really hard for the outsider to um, sort of look in and see what teams are doing well because no one streams scrims at a pro level anymore. Right. It's almost like, who's your favorite player and who do you think is going to be good? That's the team that, that you're going to rank high up pretty early on in the season. That's valid. Yeah, I think having you know, three lands having taken place, it's kind of um, easier to see where teams stand. So we went into Atlanta knowing that we, we went into Atlanta knowing that we should do well. Um, I think the guys are ultimately pretty disappointed with the outcome and hope to see a better one in LA. We went in thinking that we were going to win the event. We knew if a team was going to beat Atlanta, it would be us. And Atlanta said that on multiple occasions too. So it was nice to sort of get the the respect from the fans, but I mean, we knew we were that good for a long time. Yeah. And that's one of the things too, like, I mean, I'm here every day. I'm talking to you guys. I'm asking how scrims are going. You know, I, I try to get the information that I can, but I guess it's a good point that, you know, not a lot of pro teams stream those scrims and that's for like strategy reasons, obviously. Um, it's hard for them to gauge until you see the tournaments. And plus we hadn't played at London, so that there was a lot of recency bias with Paris, not to say that Paris isn't a great team because they've far exceeded expectations. Oh, Paris is good. Yeah, they're, they're really good. They're pretty freaking good, man. How was it? Uh, oh, go ahead, Brett. Uh, we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast. I mean, we've talked about this um, you know, in, in the office, but I, I loved the attitude that the players and, and you and Brian had after the event of, you know, not satisfied with, you know, with making the semifinals. Like you could see it in everybody's, and you could see it in everybody's eyes that 
you know, that the expectation was there with you and Brian and the players that, you know, that we should be, you know, we should be right there neck and neck with the best teams in the league and we should yeah. be winning tournaments. And, you know, I think for all of us, um, you know, for all of the staff and, and those of us who don't know the nuances of the game, you know, I mean, we're just relying on you guys to, you know, give us a sense of where we stack up. Right. But to, um, you know, we were all very excited about, oh, yeah, we made the semifinals. And then to, you know, to walk backstage and be like, oh, no, these guys, these guys expect more of themselves. And that, right. you know, that from a management perspective, I mean, that's really what you want to see is that, you know, you love that chip on the shoulder. Yep. We have guys that really want to win. I think Alex on an earlier episode said it best. He, I, when you guys were discussing why America, why Minnesota? Yeah. And his answer was pretty simple. It was just that he wanted to win. Our team wants to win. I mean, they're coming in, they're putting extra hours into when COD isn't this really weird place right now where like four or five teams really learned the game or like two teams really learned the game early and then three other teams have sort of caught on, right? And now it's like on any given day, any of those five teams could beat one another. It was super weird um, having the amateur scene the way it was also in the beginning. Uh, these AM players actually ended up learning quicker than a lot of the pro teams. So now that the AM teams are, now that you're seeing a lot of roster movement in the pro scene, you're seeing top amateur players come in and actually teach pro teams. So like the Gorillas, no disrespect to them, but were not the best team to practice against online because they didn't put a lot of effort in and never learned the game. Now they're picking up amateur players that are teaching the team how to play. And you see like massive improvements. So I think that... And the, the, I think the improvement from like the bottom six teams in the league has made our guys want to come in and grind even more. Mm -hmm. Just like the fear that people are catching up is something uh, that motivates these guys. And I think that might be unique to our team or maybe a couple others. So to your point, like they, they really do want to win. I think yeah. it shows. And that work ethic is so great to see because it's something that, that we talked about from the early days of, of building the roster. You know, and when, you know, before you and Brian came on board, you know, when Ashley was putting together the list of players that we were talking to, she said, these are guys that will work hard, that will grind, you know, and for me being new to the scene, just kind of taking your word for it. Right. And then you and Brian came on board and, and said the same things. And so it felt every step along the way, like we were putting together the group and the team that we envisioned to take advantage of these resources and the facility and all the things we talked about in the off season. Yep. Um, but to see some of that in practice has been, you know, has been really, really cool over the last few weeks. And obviously, you know, we're just getting started. We've got a long way sure. to go, but it's been, you know, it's really encouraging the things that we as a group talk about in November and December to see those things coming to fruition in January and February. Yeah. Totally. And I think early stages of Call of Duty, the first half of any game is like most things in life, you get out what you put in. Mm -hmm. um, and our guys really put in, they bought in, they grinded. Um, now, like, right teams can catch up, but just being at that head start is so helpful. Yeah. And, and to have players that want to play and can put their personal branding aside or can uh, don't think it's useless to wake up early and come watch film or don't think it's useless to stay late and go over something mm -hmm. um, to have five players that one enjoy spending time with one another and two are willing to listen is unique to us. I think I'd have to agree. I've seen teams, you know, get, 
comfortable because i mean when you start doing well and you're like i'm really the best and everyone's telling you you're the best it's like yeah it's easy to kind of get in that fast lane feeling it's hard to learn like, too if yeah. you're not if you're not losing it's really hard to figure out what you're doing wrong because yeah. i mean no matter what if you win theoretically there should always be a takeaway like no one's perfect but it's just way harder to point those things out if you're winning yeah that's that's definitely valid um i just I, it sounds so nerdy to say but it really kind of makes me like emotional seeing like my belief in these guys yeah. not only them you know fulfilling those beliefs that i had about them that they would do these things but now that everyone is getting to see like the reward of their grinding obviously you know third fourth that doesn't really feel like a big you know reward when you're a player and you want to win but it still shows like you guys are really right up there i mean you dang near beat the best what i regard as the best team in the league in phase right now and sure or atlanta phase and it's just it's 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 awesome to see how far we've come in such a short period of time as a team one thing i kind of want to ask about and go back to though is why do you feel that amateur players or the am scene does learn the game faster is it because they're playing different players more consistently and a sure. lot of the top teams are continually playing each other? Yep. Um, typically, like historically, I do not think AMs have learned the game faster than pros. I think pros have always been able to dedicate more time to the game, right. which has resulted in them learning the game quicker. This game was unique for two reasons. One, amateur players... There was a lot of money in the amateur scene and a lot of organizations saw this as uh, an opportunity to buy into COD. A lot of players saw this as an opportunity to invest in themselves. So these amateur players, although they weren't on massive contracts like a lot of the pros are, uh, were giving up job, were dropping out of college or deciding not to go to college to pursue a year in competing mm -hmm. to see what would come from it. So one, they just had the time to do it. Right. Secondly, there was one key person like i really want to give him props um this guy ronan some coach he coached a team at champs last year he was a player nothing really came from his playing career but like super smart dude and he found out how the spawn system worked i think before anyone else and this is in black ops 4 you're talking about no this is in this game oh in this game okay yep so he figured how out the spawn okay, system hold on. yeah is there a spawn system yes. to figure out? Like, yes. is there a method to what seems to be for me, like not of casual, but also like I understand influencing yeah. the spawns in past cards. Sure. As a viewer, I'm like, I can't tell what is happening. Yeah, so uh, for the first like two, three weeks of the game, the spawn seemed super random. But if a spawn is random every time and it's random in the same way, then it's not at all random. True. So the question then becomes, how do you back into what's causing it? Once you realize what's causing the quote unquote randomness, it becomes easier to control. Um, so Ronan sort of figured this out pretty early on. Um, and I think he told a lot of the, he told a couple amateur teams. And so you saw them just drastically know the game better than a lot of pro teams who were playing hard point as if it was an old, old game. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would like, I'm just so stuck in my, I mean, I know I'm not like a competitive player, yeah. but like, I think back to black ops too, I feel like. I felt like Neo in the Matrix with that game. Not that it was very hard to figure out, but I figured out exactly like the anchor points and hard point, yep. how you battled for those and how you really influenced the spawns. And it's just now I try to apply those same yep. ideals and it just doesn't work. So, so I'm like, oh man, I don't I think know. Treyarch does a very good job at making their spawn system easy to figure out. I think they do it intentionally. Mm -hmm. No one wants to have to reverse engineer a spawn system as a 
semi-competitive gamer or even a pro. Yeah. Like that should not be something that needs to be done. Unfortunately for this game, it was. But Treyarch, Vonderhaar, their entire team does an awesome job at making these spawns make sense. Yeah. It's when the spawns don't make sense that you have to figure out, okay, why is this happening? Yeah. And that's a challenge for everyone. And and like as updates come out that have nothing to do with spawns, minor spawns have changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a spawn system has completely changed on a map. Rather, like just one of the maps in the rotation just off a random update that came out that had absolutely nothing to do with it. But now the map's played entirely differently. Like it wasn't intentional that they moved the spawn, but something changed and that's, Mm -hmm. ah, that's interesting because now it's truly like every update that comes out could be like, you really dig in right away. So right before Atlanta, they finally fixed that code platypus that wasn't letting people (laughs) practice or like spectate. Yeah. And all of a sudden on Hackney Domination, you'd get an emergency C spawn after like a couple things could cause it. Um but that was something that was unique and that we didn't experience until two days before the event. Yeah. I think it showed like our Hackney Dom was, was our best map. And I don't think we adjusted to the different play style the map needed as early as we should have because we just weren't used to it. So Jake, for the, for the people listening that may not understand the nuances of the game, can you talk a little bit about that strategy that Chicago used um, to take it to, to their advantage in, totally. in the Hackney Dom. Yep. Um, so the green spawn is super common on that map. Uh, the green building is directly across from B domination, and it's sort of the middle point of the map. So you'd get that green spawn, and every team would typically wrap back to their home flag to secure A because A is this super dominant domination um, side, the home side that everyone wants to hold. Chicago was content with risking giving that up to overextend C for a neutral or cap, and then they would run back. That was something that hadn't really done been done to us before. Um, props to them. It was, it was actually really smart play, so smart that we tried emulating it in the phase series, but we tried doing it without practicing it first, um, which is never a good idea, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was a, just a mid-map call out by one of the guys, and they yeah. went for it and ended up blocking a spawn because of it so it was just lack of reps doing something like that and we ultimately flipped phase out um, like a few moments after that but what chicago did was cool smart and uh, it took us an entire side of dom to adjust to it yeah oh and that 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 was apparent and obviously like just to set the stage for everybody and we'll get into la uh here in a minute but just want to kind of finish up the atlanta kind of segment here you know, we we go up 2-0 versus Atlanta. That had to feel really good. Yep. Um, especially like the search was pretty dominant, and Atlanta is a freaky search team. Like they yes. are like in. I'm very confident in our team's abilities, obviously. Yep. But the way that Atlanta plays S and D, like when we took the Piccadilly S and D, I was like, wow, this is. I mean, like- you can't ignore the fact that we were god-awful at search the last event also yeah like so so there was like i mean and and i knew that you guys had like put extra time into that i saw that the guys were playing search a lot more after practice like there was it was apparent to me and maybe like this goes back to the fans not knowing and seeing how much i'm seeing and what these guys are working on but Uh like knowing that like we'd practice and seeing us go up 2-0 and then having hackney dom be like that's our best map although we did lose it to huntsman the day before we started on good side 
we had a lead and then you know that that mistake happened that you mentioned you know it feels like when you make a mistake versus a team like atlanta it's they're going to capitalize on that right so yep. talk a little bit about like how that how that felt to kind of like witness and watch and then obviously like what are the things that you're saying to the guys if they are up 2-0 like do you say like yeah freaking go or are you like guys composure let's keep pushing what how did that feel and, and what was communicated sure um felt good to go up to oh i mean no one's gonna feel bad about it at the end of the day though like there's some crazy statistic i i don't know exactly what it is but almost every team that wins their domination wins the series yeah what that's um, like a stat that you've kind of just noticed I, like, or it's... I just saw like some i think multiple accounts have tweeted it out um so Yes, going up to it was great, but really winning a domination and then winning a hard point because uh, winning the next hard point, it, it's not the most difficult of tasks. Like we went up to O phase, could easily win two straight. Right. I think the Piccadilly was a great feeling, like you said. Yeah. The search and destroy, um, winning convincingly like that was awesome. Got our ex, killed it. He's right? nasty. The snipes, Everyone yeah. played really well silly was instrumental like it didn't show in the well score, justin's a super smart was, search player yeah so he was getting such crucial kills throughout the game justin's played S D most nights late night um prior to atlanta we mandated like a one S D tournament a night rule for like everyone yo i love that um That's awesome. so everyone was playing search and i think it showed our lack of our lack of reps were evident well, in yeah, Minnesota. And, and well, our, and that, that six overs Paris. I mean, that was just and on a map. That five? was the closest six zero ever, though. I feel like yeah. a lot of those rounds could have gone either way. But so, it was still like. But everyone clutched up and played exactly. Great. That's like it, it, there were close rounds. It wasn't like super super dominant, but yeah. it was knowing what to do to get the win and to get the round like that. It, it was just really awesome to watch. And then, so I guess going back to the original question, after we went up two zero. We felt good because Hackney is a map that we split against Atlanta online. We always beat them on um, one of the doms. It ended up being their veto against us. Mm -hmm. And we, we said, you know, screw it. We'll, we'll give Hackney another go. Um, and we felt good after we were a little overconfident, overextending to see like we spoke about. And they flipped. It was a little scary. Yeah. Um, but... It is what it is. The Gunrunner um, hard point is one of their really good maps. So, yeah. like you, you sort of said, it's really hard to make a mistake against FaZe. That's true. I mean, they play so fast and they're so good at what they do. So, if you want to fundamentally learn from a team, right, you'll watch like Chicago or, or one of the other really, really I'm smart sure. teams that are taking early routes and where the team works like super evident and they're playing really smart. FaZe is just naturally skilled they have four complete maniacs that play at a pace that no one else plays at and it's it's hard to match it um so to make like one or two mistakes against them like they'll beat you up for it yeah and is that just a pure skill thing that they can play as fast as they play and still manage to keep control of what they're doing it's a skill but i think it's also a comfort thing they picked up players that all play at a particular pace so call of duty that the number one problem that Call of Duty team, pro Call of Duty teams have if they aren't good is teamwork, communication, slash liking one another. I'd throw that into one. The second is a pacing issue. If everyone's not playing at the same pace, it's really hard. And every player would prefer to play at a different pace. 
Like it's kind of hard to change. If you're a slow player, it's kind of hard to force yourself to play fast all the time. If you're a fast player, it's pretty hard to slow yourself down. FaZe did a really good job at crafting a team where everyone's playing at the same pace. Yeah. And that pace, if they were playing at a slow pace, it'd be easy to match. But the fact that they have four players who can play at lightning speed is uh, crucial to their success. I mean, people say this all the time, but if you hesitate in Call of Duty, you're making the wrong play. If everyone on the team makes the wrong play together, you, you'll probably still win, win the round, win the gunfight, win the map. Mm -hmm. um, but if everyone's sitting around and one person says to do something and the other person says, no, we should do this, and there's a hesitation, nine times out of 10, you lose that round, even if the person who called you off is calling the right play. So it's the, it's the hesitation that, it's, that kills it, you. Right, and it's the lack of hesitation on FaZe's part um, for why they they're good. they just commit to everything they do together. Yeah. On top of that, they have players. They have built a team that have players who are nasty at search, which are two of the five game types if you go the distance. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's hard to beat those guys. Yeah. They're, they're good at what they do. So, yeah. I mean, they are, but you guys still, I'm very proud yeah. of you guys. You played them so close. I mean, it was, it was, we awesome went into the series thinking we'd win. I mean, I, I guess well, every, I mean, I mean every, yeah. yeah, every team does that. But I think, I like think it's one thing to say it to practice. each other and it's another thing to believe it. Like we, we went in really expecting to win. Yeah. And when I talk about our interactions backstage after that, that's what struck me was the look in everybody's eyes. You could tell that they expected to win, yep. right? That it wasn't yeah, just something like, that you were saying that, you know, you say to yourselves before you, before you play a tough opponent, like you could tell that they were not, they, that there was no consolation in coming close. Right. And, I, and I love that. No. Yeah. I, right. I, I love that too. After Atlanta, two weeks later, we'll be in LA. That's this weekend. Everybody listening. If you're listening uh, prior to the weekend here, we're going to be in Los Angeles. We're going to be, uh, we're in a group. We got, I mean, I feel like we have a tougher group than people are realizing. We've I think got, we do too. We got Optic Gaming LA. Yep. LA Gorillas, those are the folks hosting the, the LA event and tournament. Sure. And then we have Seattle, who's the first team that we will play on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Central Time. Time, you know, may change based on how, how long other things in the broadcast take. And then the other group you have, a, it's a pretty tough group because Florida, who just snuck, I mean, not, I shouldn't say snuck into the finals. They beat Huntsman, right? They beat Huntsman in Atlanta, got to the finals to play phase. That was pretty impressive. You have Dallas. And then you have uh, FaZe. So Dallas, FaZe, Florida, and New York. New York is, they're in a tough pool or a tough group, man. That's, yep. and especially, I mean, we'll talk about some of the roster movement here in a little bit, but, you know, looking at those groups, I think our group is underrated, especially based on what this you're saying. This is a stacked before. tournament when you think about it. It is. This is one of the big ones. I mean, obviously, Huntsman's not there, Ravens aren't there, but. I think with the teams that you do have, like this isn't like a, oh, well, we'll just easily go in and win LA. Like, no, this, this is, is going to be a tough I tournament. I think there's more competition at this tournament than there was in Atlanta. Wow. Yeah. He said that. I think I might agree. I don't know. Based on like seeing Florida and how they showed up, it, it feels like what, like what you said, like there's five or six teams that could could beat almost anybody. And I mean, I I don't know. It depends, it depends what optic we get this weekend. True. That's I think that's going to be really telling because they are the only team in the league at this point with absolutely zero points. Yeah. If optic comes out and plays how they can play, which we haven't seen on land yet, I think this is going to be a super fun tournament to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't. I really don't know why they haven't won a series yet. So online before Atlanta, they were looking good. Not great, but good. Who did they play in um, Atlanta again? It was like 
It was a they match I the, thought they well, would win. They were too. in the pool with, they lost to Florida. I wasn't expecting that. Um, they were in the pool with Florida and they lost to Atlanta, I think. Okay. Did they? They, I, I, I mean, they've had a tough go. And I think like, I mean, it kind of traces back to what you're saying about, you know, you can be highly individually skilled, but you also have to have incredible teamwork to Unless go along with that. And, yeah, yeah I mean, it's teamwork, but however the dynamic worked out, um, like they're, they're way Who better. Who would be the main AR? Dashy. Yeah, I, I don't want to really get into the yeah, weeds yeah, on yeah. No, on yeah, but it's, that. It's, it just are, seemed are, to... are most maps just one AR at this point? One or two. Yeah. Some teams run two. Uh, actually, we we were a one AR team on Hackney Yard Hardpoint, and then we went and played Phase, and we just had a discussion like immediately before the map started that all right, Jerome, just run a second AR, like do your mm-hmm. thing. No practice on it whatsoever, and that's when you saw him go off and really spawn trap he's, phase. He's mm-hmm. nasty for with like I mean, three, he's, four hills. He's great with a sub, but he's yeah. nasty with the M4. It's insane. I think optic optics better than people give them credit for, though. For winning been, as few maps as they as they have, if guy could, I think I, I do not think they will beat us, but I think they could be a dark horse. Yeah, I think they're going to turn it around at some point. I, I mean. I'll have to obviously see like how they come out against the gorillas. I mean, the gorillas is a crazy story right now. You have literally yep. most of their roster, three brand new players to the roster. And and I was talking about this the other day, like were these, you know, amateur players that had maybe teamed together? And it turns out, no, like they weren't all teaming together. So it's kind of like this, they're like, okay, who's really hot in the amateur scene right now? Let's pick them up. Let's, let's figure this out. Yep. Do you feel like it was, too early to make that big of a change. I mean, obviously there's no. you know rumors about like who and how many they meant to bench or whatever, but like No, I think that team needed a change. Yeah. I think that their work ethic wasn't there. I think it was they were uncoachable. Some of their players were uncoachable and have historically been uncoachable. Um so I think the change was needed. Mm-hmm. And I think they've gotten better almost immediately because of it. Wow. They picked up one of the amateur players. I mean, I believe they picked up one of their players was from FaZe Academy, who won Atlanta. The other was mm-hmm. from what most consider to be the best amateur team, and this team wasn't in Atlanta. Um, but this, like that kid knows the game really well. So, Singularity is the other one? Um, I just made that up. I, I, I need to, Vivid, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know the amateur no, scene as well. No, it's from the other. So Singularity's at the probably the best ham team you're right but the best nam team ah, okay. which was like uh mac melts pharaoh right. hollow vivid yeah um and the, then they got this one of the guys from that roster and i think he's teaching them a lot we played them they, they weren't bad interesting so see i mean you've seen every team that's made a roster move You've seen them get better because of it. Teams are feeling like the heat to make these roster changes because these points at these tournaments matter so much. And it doesn't seem as apparent now when you're looking at the standings and there's so many kind of close matched, especially sitting yeah. around 40 points. Like, but you know, if you're showing up to these tournaments and getting these points, and if you're sitting down there towards the bottom right now, you're thinking, dude, if we don't pick it up now, we might not make Cod the finals. Cod is crazy you know? right now yeah. because like you said, a lot of teams are close in points and some teams are really far away. Like Optic is, is far away. If, if they win a, a tournament or two, they'll be okay just because of the multiplier. But but they're almost at that yeah. point where they need to win tournaments it, to make it's, champs. Do, te- do teams talk about that we internally? Don't. I, I don't know. I mean, we don't because we're in a good situation. Yeah, okay. I yeah. mean, if we had zero pro points, I'm sure that there would be discussions being mm-hmm. had like, 
Well, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if there would be. I think it would just be winning because winning ultimately be brings like, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, like COD is in such a weird and almost any team could beat in right now with the new rosters. I think almost almost any team could beat another on any given day. Like the skill gap has been narrowed so quickly. Yeah. And so immensely in the last I think it happened in like two and a half weeks. Like once teams were able to watch land footage with the mini map and see both that. teams, mm-hmm. people could study the teams that play the game well and that learn quicker and sort of emulate that. Which yeah. is by like which is why at the end of every Call of Duty, basically everyone knows the game at the same level because people have had time to study. Um, but the the scale gap has been narrowed so much that like tournaments are are going to be crazy. Yeah, I think I mean it just goes to show like this is a much more serious thing. Not that it wasn't in past years, but you have this this franchise and you have these coaches coming. I mean we have we're blessed to have somebody like you here with us. We don't we have. You know, two really skilled coaches who take this super seriously. And it's starting to show in some of some of these teams and how they're starting to match up. I think like like you said, is I mean, it's as much as it super sucked to sit out of London. We got a lot of great, you know, film essentially on somebody that we had to play first the next tournament. And so now it's it's interesting to see kind of how the teams are all. I mean, at the same time, now all of these teams we play in our pool have film on us and we have nothing on them. Like, I mean, Seattle, I mean, like Optic is the only team of five that has competed at a land together before in our pool. Right. And is this level of you know, having an analyst and, and coach, I mean, I know that in the old system there were coaches, but yeah, is this system of having analysts breaking down film, yeah. is that, did that occur in CWL? Is that, yeah, think, how new is that? I think players were doing it themselves a lot of the time. Player teams had coaches. I, I won't name names, but I was in a call with it another team's head coach uh, last night and we were just shooting the shit. and his thing was like, yeah, I've been doing this for like a year or two and coaches were in the league last year, literally doing nothing. Like they didn't know they didn't do. I, he's like, I don't know what people are doing. So I think franchising, I would hope has been a smack in the face to a lot of people and has told them like yeah let me take this serious let me do my research mm-hmm. i don't know if teams are doing that i mean you can sort of look at a roster and tell how lazy they are if they're going to care or not mm-hmm. um like you said most teams have head coaches i would like to think that they're doing it but i don't know i mean what do you think you've you've known a lot of these guys like longer than me just because of my disconnect for the last like two three four years like being away from call of duty i think they have to be i mean if you're especially if you're a player i mean uh, this is a good example to uh, not to pick on enable but just to make an example out of you know what he went on to say uh on the podcast he's saying like he needs to put in more time and to me that echoes like maybe that's something he heard from his teammates that hey hey you need to like take this super serious yeah i mean i love ian yeah but good guy great guy funny like super (laughs) awesome to hang out with and just like a a good genuine human but this may have been like his oh wow moment well i think it was his oh wow moment i also think he made a really good point on his podcast if they didn't come up to him and tell him ahead of time like hey you're slacking off fix it I don't, I mean, it ended up working out because I think their team's night and day now, but I would, I would also be frustrated because in his mind, if someone doesn't come to you 
you probably don't think you're doing anything like substantially wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know like if he actually was told that or not. Um, so maybe it was make, like it, it was a surprise yeah. to him. He's and like, that's oh, part wow, of coaching, and that's part of leadership in anything, right? Right? Is being is communicating with people and yeah. saying this is where you need to improve, and you know, for any team, yeah, that's that's an important ingredient, yeah. right? For sure. I mean, do you think it's like now you're, so let's focus on Seattle here a little bit before we hop off. Um, So we're playing them first, obviously our pool, Optic Gaming LA, uh, Gorillas, Seattle. Seattle. It just occurred to me yesterday how weird that is gonna be if we do end up playing Optic just cause I was affiliated with them and like with them for so long. (sighs) And now it's like, I don't know who like those people are. Like it's different. So now I'm on this new team, it's crazy. Right. Um, So I'm looking forward to that and I will be at Billy's on Grand on Let's go. Saturday at twelve thirty, the match is at one thirty Central Standard Time in St. Paul. Come watch with us. We're gonna be. I'm, that, I'm not even bring my family. The like, atmosphere it's be a good time. for Atlanta looked electric. It was awesome, dude. I mean, I've said it already on the podcast, so I won't repeat myself. But we, it exceeded our expectations, yeah. and we're excited to throw the next watch. Everyone party. was there so early. Yes, nine o'clock, eight forty-five a.m. on a Saturday, the when, day that they should be sleeping. When in. I went to school, I went to school in Philadelphia the same year the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and me and all my friends woke up at like eight thirty to go to this bar. And I don't know what time the Super Bowl was that year, but it was late. I mean, you probably know exactly. Yeah, it's at like six. six, six yeah. yeah. So we got to this bar at like nine o'clock, thinking that we'd have a table for the rest of the day, and like it was standing room only. Wow. At, at nine a.m. No I, way. But I mean, Eagles fans are like notoriously crazy, so no surprise. True. But, but. Nothing had reminded me of that ever until I saw everyone there for that Call of Duty match and like the angle or I, it probably wasn't even the angle the picture was taken at. Like this place looked shoulder to no, shoulder. No, yeah, packed. we had to bring in more tables yeah. and chairs and it was a it was a cozy time that morning. Yeah, so we were cool. it was it was awesome. I'm I'm so excited to see what it looks like this week when it's an afternoon match. If if every one of those people brings a friend, like it, yeah, and, lit, then, and then the week after that, that's, everyone, like, that's how that's how this fan base gets built, right? Right, but exactly. We're also doing Sunday as well. Yes. You know, knock on wood that we, you know, that things no go our way Saturday. But Sunday we'll have uh, Billy's again. Time TBD. We'll we'll put yes. that out Saturday night, depending yeah, on the results. One of the things that does it is tough because uh, the, obviously the tournament is in LA, so there's a two hour time difference. Yeah. So we actually probably won't know our Sunday match time depending on what happens very late on Saturday. I think we either play at like eight or eleven Central Time it's on 930 Saturday. Nine thirty. Uh, it's nine thirty or eleven Central. Central yeah. Time, so. I'm sorry, guys. No, yeah, it's yeah. I'm gonna be up with my green tea, getting lit, trying my to stay up for the matches. Tea. My green tea. That's what I drink to stay. You should like cut tea. caffeine pills into fourths. Dude, I, I, well, a quarter I'm, of a caffeine. Pill. I'm sensitive to caffeine, so <laughs> I I can't even have that much of it. So if I do, I go green tea. That's what I go with. Um, but yeah, so we we won't know the Sunday start time until late Saturday night. But keep in tune with us on Twitter. I'm sure we'll announce like hey guys we're gonna have a big party on sunday for the watch party and knock on wood if, if things are going well um so anyway uh seattle though so yep. n- obviously if you guys aren't listening or aren't paying too close of attention we were just talking about enable he was one of their starting players they brought up pander off the bench who yep. is a top amateur player was am i okay i should know this but it, pander was playing path to pro yes as well okay so he was for seattle academy I he's believe. been on like seattle's academy team he's the yep. next man up yep you say, I mean, you said they're night and day difference. Um, and they, I'm I didn't qu- think I'm they directly were... quoting their head coach. Okay. But I agree with him. Yeah. So so you think that they've definitely improved just off of one one change of one person. And obviously, I, I mean, I I mean, Karma, Octane, like. I don't think. Those. I, it's not the. 
Uh, like shout out to Casey Pander, great dude, good COD player. I don't think it's his individual performance that's changed the team. I think it's the knowledge that he's brought to the team. I think he came to a team that didn't know how to play the game, and he came from an amateur team who spent the majority of their time learning. Like I, we said sort of earlier in the conversation, like I think a lot of these amateur teams figured the game out before a lot of the pro teams, Seattle right. being one of them. Um, and I think Pander came to the table with individual skill, obviously, but I think what he really brought was knowledge. And I think he taught them how to play mm-hmm. or taught them how to better play or, or fix some of their situational map issues. Knowledge is power. Knowledge That's is what, power. And I've they also wanted to like, say that. I saw it on a poster. So they specifically have a head coach that is notorious for doing their research. So like what you were asking me, this this guy was keeping stats or like keeping records of everything in earlier CODs to the point where teams would get knocked out of tournaments and go to him for stuff. Mm. Wow. Um, like other coaches would. And and to me, if I was him, I'd be like, no, dude, like do your job. <laughs> um, but he was like notorious for just keeping like in-depth notes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so when, so you, when you talk I mean, about when you talk about learning the game, yeah, what is that? What exactly does that mean? Is it spawns? Is it areas on the map? Learning the that. game is almost always learning the pace at which the game should be played and learning the spawns and how to manipulate them. If you learn how to manipulate the spawns better than another team, you'll almost always win that map, I, I think. That and like in hardpoint learning, in some games it's better to rotate early, in other games it's better to rotate late. And some on some maps it's beneficial to continuously hit a hill for the entire 60 seconds of it. If you're spawning out, you're better off just hitting it over and over and over Contesting again. And then some hills, it's better to leave 25 seconds and just give it to them and go to a new hill. Mm-hmm. I think learning the game encompasses all of that. Um, but just like learning the nuances, finding spots or sniper angles that people don't know, learning the in-game mechanics like the spawn system and, and sort of the hill dynamic like I just explained. Uh, but I, I think that's probably the most important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going in, I mean, no, you just said it, like Seattle... They've, they've improved, uh, not, not knowledge is power. Their yeah. coach takes it very seriously. They're gonna be well coached. Yeah. I mean, they ha- like I said, they, they have the players to turn it around. I look at them as a similar team to Optic, maybe not like, like kind of expecting that turn sure. as hard, because I really do feel like Optic will catch their stride. They I don't to. think they will against us this weekend, but <laughs> I think they are gonna figure it out eventually. Oh yeah, knock on wood. Um, and then, you know, I think Seattle's due for that turnaround too, just based on yeah. who they have on their team and who's who's coaching them. So, do you get? But knowing all that, knowing how how well we did in Atlanta, knowing that it was our mistakes that kept us from really like nailing that that series. Yes. Do we feel much better going in, into this weekend as a team? We felt really good going into Atlanta. We were extremely confident and ended up beating ourselves, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. I think we're super confident going into LA too. Yeah, I think minimize our mistakes capitalize on other teams mistakes i think everyone will be happy with the outcome if, yeah. if those two things happen great it's i mean it's, it's practice it's which i know you guys do a ton of it's execution <laughs> it's everything so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see the matches uh, and any other do you have any thoughts on like you know how like do you have predictions for you know do you think la i mean it's hard to say because optic versus a uh, new gorillas team like who do you yeah. think wins that match i don't know it's tough um, to say i think it depends on the maps True. We'll see if uh, Coach Jonathan Tucker 
Pac-Man can <laughs> can out veto Embry. But I, Ooh, I yeah, because there I think is it a, depends what for, maps for they the, get on. For the folks listening who may not know, the veto system is something that happens before the series where the maps are selected and chosen, uh, you know, by the coaches. Yeah, sometimes Are you going to kind of explain it in like a kind of an easy? Yeah, sure. Um, So it ends up being uh, there's throughout the veto process for the sake of the explanation, there's team A and team B. Uh, Team A would get to veto a map, would get to veto a hard point map. Team B would then get to veto a hard point map, um, leaving three remaining. Team A picks the map they want to play. Team B picks the map from the three that were remaining that they want to play. Two hard point maps have been decided. Uh, that same process goes uh, for each game type. So one team vetoes a search, team B vetoes a search, team A picks a search, team B picks a search. Uh, domination, there's only one dom. So. Um, and then whoever didn't pick the map gets to select the side they yes. spot on. So, so if, if you pick the pick... map, the other team picks the side. So a lot of times uh, you'll see teams try to avoid picking a map that has an extremely advantageous uh, side mm-hmm. because the other team would then get to pick that. That, wow. So there, there's there's some like basic strategy game theory that goes yeah. into there's a there's a videos. competition that happens before the competition in a way not yes. a competition but like there's there's definitely a method to the menace because each team is different too like each team has different strong maps and you you're obviously you and Saint are studying that really closely and yeah. making sure you try to set us up for, like there are definitely for times where you walk out of a, a like a veto process and you're like holy like we won that veto process it's lit yeah <laughs> that's awesome all right well thank you so much for your time this morning i know you guys are super busy preparing for this weekend <laughs> so i really appreciate you coming in early yeah. chat with me and brett uh you know you know you guys all know that we're sending you all the love and positive vibes whether you're you're brett and, and the team it. on site with yeah. you guys or if you know i'm gonna be at billy's screaming at the top of my lungs <laughs> it's gonna be sick so the support is there for you guys, and we're excited to see you play this weekend. And thanks, awesome. thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having and me. Thank Happy to do it. thank you for listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like. If you're listening on iTunes, hit us with five stars. That'd be real Minnesota nice of you. Thank you in advance. <laughs> uh, leave a review, and yeah, until next time, catch you later, guys. Peace. Deuces.